We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. I sit comfortably alongside my friend and yours as we bring you another episode, D2 Dolomite Dave Martinez. Hello to you. Hello, and uh, good to be back and uh, you know, having another guest back in the studio. That is exactly right. It is good to be back here. You're going to have to tune in to the conversation we're about to have because we talk about the studio you made some pretty big pledges perhaps for the future and not just our comfort but perhaps our well-being as it relates to this studio yeah so you know it's one of those things where i've been living in an apartment now for about you know i think now over five years and so i'm i've got that you know i want to buy a house you know i had a house beforehand i ended up selling it moving to an apartment kind of simplified went very minimal, you know, and now I'm back to where I'm like, okay, I want a house. I've been saving up. And so now I've got all these ideas of, you know, what do I want to do? What kind of house do I want? Where am I going to live? And, you know, part of that is not having an office where my, you know, previous in my house, previously I had a really nice office, you know, um, it wasn't a standing desk. It was a nice office, you know, a printer computers, dual monitors, you know, nice window. It's great workspace. And I miss it. And now it's my laptop on my kitchen counter as a standing desk, you know, as a bar type counter. And so now as I'm looking at a house, I'm starting to think about, well, what do I want? You know, you know, how, how would I outfit? You know, what am I? So I've already started researching, you know, standing desks. I've looked at motorized ones. I've looked at, you know, manual ones. I've looked at different types and, you know, costs kind of range. And I'm like, I wonder what a studio, a podcast studio with a standing desk would look like. You know, it's like, how big would it have to be? So I'm already thinking about those things because for me, that's one of the things I realized. I don't really enjoy sitting down. Um, occasionally I will. But for the most part, I am now so used to standing and working all the time standing. And for me, as a, you know, as a runner, I'm looking at it. If I'm sitting down, my, my hips, my hip flexors are getting tight. And that affects the way that I run and my form. So for me, just standing and being able to walk around, uh, I just feel better when I, when, I, when I run. And so that's one of the things. Yeah, I'm currently not running, still recovering from an injury. I'm hoping that two more weeks I'll, I'll be uh, running again. And, um, so what I've been doing is doing a lot of strength training, which kind of leads us into, you know, this, you know, our guest today, because we do talk a bit about strength training and, you know, kind of, you know, preventative for me, it's more of kind of getting stronger and doing preventative uh, stuff so that I'm, when I get back to running, I'm, uh, you know, I can actually run and not lose a lot of fitness, doing a lot of cross training, been doing a lot of cycling as well to keep the cardio up. Um, and it sort of mimics the same type of motion of running um, without the impact. So as soon as I was able to kind of put pressure on the foot and get on the bike, I did. As soon as I was able to kind of put more weight on my body and, and lift, I started doing more weighted, you know, kind of squats instead of body squats. So I've been doing that to kind of prep myself, get the glutes, the hamstrings, and and uh, and the quads ready. So when I get running, um, I'm I'm I haven't lost a lot of a lot of fitness. 
Well, you're right, and you did a nice job of kind of setting the stage for our guest today. We bring you a featured conversation of a friend of ours, somebody who will quickly become a friend of yours, Tony Price. He is the health and wellness coordinator for Georgia State University. That is the largest in the university system of Georgia. He takes care of over 8,000 employees currently and another 2,500 or so employees. Along with that, he is in the midst of getting his doctorate in public health. So not only is he an exercise science guru, before long he will be Dr. Price on public health. He, in full disclosure, has been a member of the Big Peach running company team since 2017. And as you'll hear us talk about very intentionally, Tony is also black. And although this is not the highlight of our conversation or the full intention of why we wanted to share Tony with you, we did not want to miss an opportunity to talk about the headlines that still very much are top of mind for us at Big Peach Running Company. He's very generous with his thoughts, with his ideas, and with his comments. So we will cover a very wide range of topics in this featured conversation. One of the things, D2, that is just organically happening, and I'm very comfortable with this given how schedules have changed, is our episodes at least on occasion, are getting longer. I think this will be the case for this episode again. We kept Tony on the horn for quite some time. We're going over 60 minutes. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, and I, I've, I've struggled to kind of edit you, uh, even in, in just written word. Sure. So so that's one of those things that you're not a man of few words. Um, so, and, and you know, but the, but the content is, is, is important. There's a lot of information, so we don't want to, you know, leave anything out. Um, and of course, you know, right now, I mean, and, and you, we talked about this earlier where we were saying, you know, when we started this podcast, you know, many people were listening to podcasts in their cars because they were sitting in traffic. Hopefully right now, you know, there isn't a whole lot of traffic. There's not a lot, a lot of people working from home. So maybe they're enjoying it at home. Maybe they, you know, they're doing it as they're walking, as they're running, as they're exercising from the comfort of their home or wherever they may do, be doing it, but no longer in a car because, you know, they're, they might be not, they may not be traveling as much, you know, um, they might not be in traffic for as long. So that's exactly right. It was mission work for those of you who have tracked with us for as long as we've been doing this. In an early episode, we talked about how almost 80% of people listen to their podcast while commuting. And we thought that was tragic. I didn't know we were going to get the assistance of a global pandemic, but I certainly hope that by the time the 2020 statistics are published, that while exercising is able to make serious gains and that that 80% of people listening to podcasts while commuting goes way down with exercising being the new champion or at least the one item that takes advantage of less time in our car. Still the case on Atlanta roadways. I'm not disappointed by that. I'm encouraged by what Tony shares with us. I am fine with longer episodes. We won't always plan for it, but there is the advanced notice you deserve. We're going to bring Tony to you fully uninterrupted. We're going to do it right after this very brief message. Do your feet hurt? Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. 
our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. I know you know how easy it is to get D2, and I'm excited about our featured conversation. That is definitely the case again this time. D2, really, really cool. Now we have a friend and colleague and genuine expert in a number of areas joining us, Tony Price. My goodness, this is so cool. Man, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to just be a part of this, be a part of uh, an opportunity to talk about something that I'm passionate about and then talk about that with people who are also passionate around exercise, fitness and just some genuine great people. It's good. It's good to be a part of, of a good circle. Well, we talked a little bit about you in our intro. I will assure everyone right now that our master mixer, D2, is not doing something super cool to the audio with Tony's voice. That is indeed how he sounds all the time, even if he was not someone who knows as much as he does and gives as freely as he does. We would want him on this podcast, D2, just so we could hear him come through the microphone. If I had the, the technical capability or the aptitude to create that effect, I would be using it on myself. Oh, man. And it's funny, a funny story. Um, so, you know, I'm, uh, I'll fully disclose my age right now. I'm 31 years old. Um, I turned 32 in October. My voice has sounded like this since I've been in the seventh grade. So it's been like this for literally longer than half of my entire life well longer than half now that you're over three <laughs> decades i have to imagine that if i was your parent and all of a sudden at seven or eight you sounded like that i would be off to see my pediatrician and find out if everything was okay <laughs> or where we were headed from here what did your parents say oh, about that they just say oh man this is a long history in the price household of having a really cool dulcet tone so it, it's funny you mentioned that um, it is actually a kind of a family trait almost um, my I'm trying to think of make sure I remember this correctly. My grandmother's brother um, on my dad's side. Um, unfortunately, I never had the opportunity to meet him um, before he passed away. But a lot of my family who was, you know, like kids when he was around and different things like that. They said his voice sound, or rather my voice sounded exactly like his and that uh, it almost sounds like his voice was reincarnated through me. So it, it is almost kind of like a family trait that I am. Um, I'm glad to have. <laughs> well, now I know that I can say to others, I wish my voice sounded like Tony Price's grandfather's. I don't have to make it specifically about you. It's the entire Price family that brings that characteristic to bear. That's it. That's it. Well, Tony, outside of the voice, I'm really excited about this conversation. A number of different things that not only can you comment knowledgeably on, I know you can inspire us to kind of pursue better, but I'm going to start with the fact that you obviously are doing really good and important work 
right now for those of you who perhaps have special connection to Georgia State. As we mentioned in our intro, Tony is the health and wellness coordinator for GSU. For those of you maybe less familiar, that is the largest university system in the state of Georgia. And there, Tony does much around exercise, wellness, fitness, and activity in general for that community, that community of over 8,000 employees. It includes those who have retired from Georgia State. That's another 2,500 or so person. So it is a big community you serve in an important way, Tony. And I'm going to start with just what might be a foundation for those who are like, man, that's a cool job. Even if I'm not someone who declares myself a Georgia State alum or somebody who is hyper familiar with the campus or all of the programming, that is a role that I would relish. How does someone find his or her path into something like what you're doing right now? Uh, so that that is an interesting question. Um, so I'll kind of walk you all through a little bit of my academic journey, kind of what I did when I finished my master's and then kind of how I got to this point now. Um, so for those of you all who may not know, um, I'm actually an alumni of Georgia State University. Um, I got my bachelor's degree there in exercise science. As soon as I finished that, I went directly to my master's program where I got my master's degree in exercise physiology. Um, while I was in um, undergrad and grad school, um, I had the good fortune of being able to connect with a lot of my professors um, make a lot of really good connections. I was able to intern with the Atlanta Falcons Physical Therapy Centers, which was an incredible experience. So I was able to really have a good foundational piece while I was in school. Um, after I graduated, um, I you know was on the job hunt. Um, you know, as a fresh graduate, I was fortunate enough to take a position as a Army Physical Therapy Assistant at Martin Army Community Hospital at Fort Benning in Columbus, Georgia. Now, one thing that I, I do want to be very clear about, um, I have no military experience. Um, my dad is a 22-year vet of the United States Marine Corps, but I myself never served. So in my capacity, I was a civil service. So I was a civilian working on a military base at the hospital there. And it was a very unique experience because with my particular background, um, so in addition to having my master's degree in exercise uh, physiology, I'm also a certified exercise physiologist with the American College of Sports Medicine and a certified strength conditioning specialist through the National Strength Conditioning Association. Um, that allows me to have a very unique uh, perspective on the rehab process. So in this particular role at this hospital, what I was able to do, I was able to work with a lot of the soldiers, a lot of the active duty retirees, their dependents, families, um, et cetera, when they were done with their rehab protocol, but not quite ready to return to duty. So there was a little bit of a gray space there um, in terms of their rehab. So I had the very unique experience to work in that particular field. And 
And I will say with that position, I learned so much in terms of hands-on therapy, hands-on modalities, different techniques on muscle rehab, um, skeletal rehab, et cetera, et cetera. Um, about a year and a half into that position, um, I made the choice that I needed to move back to Atlanta to further my education, as well as kind of take the next step in my relationship with my now fiance. And so um, I found a position at Georgia State University, um, applied for the position, interviewed for it. And uh, going back to some of the professors that I connected with when I was in grad school, I went back and told them like, hey, you know, I applied for this position. Um, one of my professors was really close with my now supervisor. So she put in a good word for me. And, um, you know, I was hired about a month later. And uh, I've been there ever since. Um, and it's been a, a very unique experience, I will say, working in the employee wellness field. So uh, I know that was kind of a very long roundabout story, but that is uh, that's how I arrived um, to this point. Well, I think it's a great story, especially in the context of when we're taping, which is summer of 2020. And there's obviously much conversation in the marketplace about what the workforce and workplaces will look like in the future as a parent. I can tell you hearing you talk about your level of focus as well as the importance of relationships and networking, not for the sake of networking, but because those relationships are mutually valuable like it is when someone has a student who genuinely cares about the content and when the student recognizes the influence that those former instructors can have in other pursuits that the student has, it's a pretty cool reminder for me on a number of levels. So believe me, that is exactly the kind of story I want to hear. And now as we look at whether it's your time around Fort Benning, whether it's your time currently in and around what I'll say is Panther Town, the Georgia State University campus, and all of those who you're serving, what are some of the things that you're seeing that has bearing whether or not we've ever been active military, whether or not we've ever been to Georgia State, but just in general in terms of rehabilitation, in terms of fitness pursuits, in terms of strength training or other areas of expertise, are there things that you're seeing that you're like, wow, this is at an all-time high? Or I can't believe how critical this was when I first started, and now it's almost never referenced or something I ever see. Right, right. So that that's an excellent question. Um, I think one thing that I'm seeing now that is probably more important than I would say it's probably ever been to the um, employee wellness population. And anybody can take this advice and I would strongly encourage anybody to uh, run with it for lack of a better phrase is, nice is, word. The, idea, <laughs> um, is the idea of preventative care, right? Mm. So essentially what I mean by that is taking care of yourself before the problem even or before a problem ever becomes a problem right so a prime example that i will give um so right now right we are in the middle of the COVID 19 pandemic um this is a historic time for where we are as a nation where we are as a planet for you know all intents and purposes um 
thankfully, I had the opportunity to telecommute starting around the middle of March. And um, I've been working from home um, ever since then. So one, I just want to say I'm very thankful to have that opportunity. But one thing that I noticed in this uh, kind of telecommuting phase, and this was about two weeks into telecommuting, so about the end of March, beginning of April, um, I noticed that I was, you know, obviously very stressed from kind of everything that was going on, um, my home setup, different things like that. Um, here at my house, you know, I have like a desk that has like my laptop and, you know, all of my things on there. And that's kind of what I had at the moment. So about two weeks into working from home, I noticed that my left shoulder uh, really started to bother me. And it was uh, I would describe it as kind of like a chronic pain kind of thing. And I notice and I'm very aware of myself. I carry my stress in my left shoulder. So I knew then that I needed to do something about that. So what I made the decision to do, um, I went back to my office. I drove there early one morning when nobody was there. Um, I got my standing work desk. So I have an attachment that I sit on top of my desk that I can sit my laptop on, I can sit my monitor on, I can raise it up to um, my height to where my screens are essentially eye level to where I am standing up. And I brought that back home with me that way I could have it for home because I honestly, I didn't know how long I was going to be working from home. So with that, um, I was literally able to correct my shoulder problem in about two or three days. I noticed it very soon after using my work, my standing work desk again, that my left shoulder wasn't really hurting anymore. So that is one example of, uh, you know, kind of taking care of problems before they ever become problems. If you look at it from more of a kind of macro perspective and don't hone on one particular incident, one thing that I would certainly advise um, the running community, people who may be working from home, um, people who are just getting into fitness, the importance of stretching before, during, and after any type of activity and what that's going to do is that is going to help prevent any type of injury from occurring. So, you know, trying to tackle a problem before it ever becomes a problem um, is certainly one thing that I'm seeing is, you know, very prevalent in the wellness community now and something that I think definitely has some carryover into the uh, mainstream physical fitness community. Well, let's stay here with the stretching. And I have to say, hearing you talk about your standing desk, I have one in one of the places that I work out of. But now maybe D2, we need to get a studio with a standing opportunity for us so we can have the microphones up a little bit higher. And you and I can take Tony on that guidance so that we're not sitting the whole time. That's <laughs> that's already kind of in the works. That's so, that's in the future for, for me and my plans down the road. As far, I'm already thinking about that. Wow, long, right. long before this conversation, I've, I've been... I've I've got a standing desk at home, which is basically my kitchen counter. And, you know, if I'm by a house, that's one of the things I'm, uh, I'm looking at is to have an office space, a, you know, a podcast studio space where it's a standing desk, a true standing desk, not a kitchen counter. Right on. All right, Tony, well done. Way to reaffirm one of D2's earlier thoughts. But let's stay with this stretching thing. We've heard mm -hmm. for many, many years and perhaps have helped share this. And I'm going to ask for your even more professional opinion 
and that is those differences and difference of uses in dynamic versus static stretching. I think all of us have heard, oh yeah, we should stay limber or we should stretch more, more often. The reality is, is there are certain stretches that perhaps make sense when we first get out of bed. There are certain mm -hmm. stretches that might make sense before we go for a walk or a run, but those mm -hmm. same stretches might not make sense in the middle of a walk or a run or at the end of the day. Are there any maybe how to's or quick tips that you would give us about stretching? Because you're right. We now have the ability to be in places oftentimes where nobody is watching or we weren't in the middle of the day or the middle of the week previously. So thinking we don't have time or the ability or quite frankly, the invisibility to get a stretch on is no longer true. So what are those tips that you might share with us to help us do it right and get the most from it? Right, right. So that is an excellent, excellent uh, kind of segue there. And one thing that I do before actually kind of going into that, just in case we may have any listeners who are unfamiliar what the differences are between static stretching and dynamic stretching. Static stretching is typically what you think about when you uh, hold a stretch in a you know, a held position for, you know, say 15 to 30 seconds of time, right? So you're holding that stretch to the point of tension for an extended period of time. Um, a dynamic stretch is going to be a stretch that is going to mimic the type of activity that you are doing, taking your body from a state of resting to a point of activity. So, you know, I just want to set the stage just in case we have any listeners that are unfamiliar with what the differences are between the two. That's awesome. Um, Thank you for doing that, Tony. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, the one thing that I would suggest regarding the dynamic and the static stretching is when we'll take running, for example. I know there are probably a lot of uh, runners that are out here listening to us right now. Um, you want to look at doing those dynamic stretches prior to any type of run. And now, mind you now, this is going to be whether you're doing a half mile run, whether you're doing a 5K, whether you're doing a 10K, whether you're doing a full marathon, that dynamic stretching piece is really going to be critical. And just to give a, a, an example of what the dynamic stretching will look like, you're going to look at some high knees. You're going to look at some um, hip step overs. You're going to look at if you're familiar with the term karaoke for a movement, you're going to do some karaoke's. You're going to maybe do some lunges with uh, a little bit of twisting your torso. Um, so those are going to be, you know, just a few examples of some things to prepare your body for the actual movement itself. The or I'm sorry, the static stretching that's going to be more so what you do after you're done, after your body's already warmed up, after you have good blood flow, good circulation. And that static stretching is really going to help uh, stretch your muscles out to prevent that injury and then really help kind of cool you down after any bout of activity. So um, that's, you know, that's kind of what I would say for the, I would label it the running community. If you are more uh, kind of new to exercise and new to physical activity in general, uh, um, getting on YouTube and literally just typing in dynamic versus static stretching, 
you'll pull up a plethora of videos that will give you some examples of uh, different things that you can do, different things that you can try. Um, the one thing that I would suggest is find some stretches, find some things that you particularly like to do and that you are able to understand fairly well. Um, you, the, the thing with that is you don't want to do a th an exercise or a stretch that you don't understand, because if you don't understand it, then that means you're probably not going to do it right, which also means you're probably going to increase your likelihood for injury. So finding something that you understand is really going to be critical. Finding something that is very easily demonstrated, has a good video that explains what they're doing as they're doing it is going to be really important. Ladies and gentlemen, he is not just a sultry voice. He is a wealth of information. Tony, let's keep going. One of the things that I know is very important to you and that you're such a great testament for is kind of that complete wellness. And one of the things that I think can be misinformation about Big Peach Running Company is that everyone who is part of our team is an Olympic trials qualifier or training in most instances for an ultra marathon or their next Boston marathon. And that's just simply not true. We have plenty of people on our team who are walkers and yes, they do it regularly, but their intent is not to quicken their pace or perhaps ever to register for a half marathon where they want to be under the two hour mark. We have plenty of people on our team who are just getting into the sport. And yes, just like relationships that are important to us, they fell hard and they're doing it much more regularly now, but they don't have a three or a five or two decade history. They have a six month history. And part of why they love being part of our organization is the learning that is occurring. The other reality is, is we have people who have running as just a part, maybe even just a fraction of their overall wellness routine. And you're one of those individuals, Tony, on our team who provides such masterful guest services, but would not pretend to be that person who's out running 50 or 70 miles each week. You also incorporate, like you already mentioned, the stretching. You also are very disciplined in your strength training and taking care of other parts of your body that may or may not be overly involved in running or walking. So do you mind maybe taking us to some strength training or maybe giving us your take on the importance of strength training as it relates to preventative care, as well as maybe total wellness. Right, right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, it, I was laughing to myself as you were kind of going through that question. I remember on our call last week, how I told you, um, you know, I've talked to plenty of guests and they've asked me, oh, you know, how often do you run? And I'll, I'll be flat honest with you and all of our <laughs> listeners out there. Um, I am not a big runner. Um, I will run long enough just so I can eat whatever I want. Um, I focus more so on my strength training piece. Um, I have absolutely no desire to want to run a marathon, a half marathon or anything like that. Much respect to everybody that does, but I personally have no desire to want to do that. Um, and, and I think that's interesting because to your point, it allows me to connect with a lot of guests when they come in our store. Um, because, you know, you're right. We'll have people that come in the store and say, hey, um, I'm just now getting started. Um, I'm a new runner. I've only been at this for about a few weeks. 
And, you know, I really just kind of want some familiarity. I want to be able to talk to somebody who gets it or who is in the same boat as me. And I think that position kind of allows me to relate to guests a lot, a lot better, I think, um, in a very unique way that I'm very fortunate about. Um, so to answer your your next question, um, I do tend to focus a little bit more on the strength training side. Um, that is something that I am um, very comfortable with. I'm very passionate about. And when we look at strength training, there's a couple of different kind of things to look at, right, when you're strength training. Um, there is the type of strength training that you're going to do. So you have the, uh, like, machine weights. We have free weights. We have uh, power bands. We have different things like that. Then you want to look at where on your body you're going to work out. So you have, you know, upper body, lower body, you have your core, you can have your Tabata, you have your hit training, different things like that. So personally, I tend to focus more on the strength training um, because that's something that is, you know, I've always kind of done since I was in high school. Um, you know, I played sports when I was in high school. Um, it's something that helps me maintain my level of health that I'm at right now that I'm very fortunate for, you know, to have good health. Um, and to your point about the total wellness piece, um, I would be remiss if I did not really articulate the importance of the total wellness piece, right? So when you look at it, um, you know, we'll say, for example, you could have running, which falls into cardio. You could have strength training, which is, you know, lifting weights, right? Um, one thing that I have recently, I'm not going to say I got into it, but I have done it more than um, I have done in the past is actually yoga. Um, and yoga, you know, helps to fine tune those fine motor skills. It's really going to help with balance. It's really going to help with some of those uh, small muscle groups that you may not necessarily work when you're out running or you're doing the strength training. Um, another thing that, you know, is great that I would definitely uh, suggest to anybody is uh, cycling as well. That's going to be a great cross training activity, especially if you're a high volume runner and say, you know, if you're putting 40, 50, 60 miles a week, getting some cross training in with cycling is going to be great because it allows you to still work your cardio system, still get your heart rate pumping, um, still get that heart rate going but not have the impact of the ground and pound of running. So it is a non-impact cardio activity that I would say is invaluable. Um, and then even furthermore than that, if I knew how to swim, I'd be in the pool all the time, but swimming is gonna be another really, really, really great non-impact cardio slash strength training workout that you can do to, to balance out the heavy volume running if you are a heavy volume runner. Right. And I think that's a great reminder, not just for us D2, but for really all of our listeners, because regardless of where they are in terms of mileage or experience, whether they're walking or whether they're running, they're not just hearing it from us. They're hearing it from an expert who has been there. And perhaps for many of our listeners is more like them than even what we are. 
So the thing that I want to do, Tony, is kind of tie also into something that we have a passion for here and that you have not only studied, but have helped determine the value. And that has to do with what I refer to as wellness in the workplace. We did, for those of you who have not listened to episode 34, D2, hard to believe that many episodes ago now as we quickly come towards episode number 100. But for those of you who have not been with us that entire time, please go back and listen to episode number 34 that focuses on this very topic. And part of the reason for my personal interest in this is we spend so many hours in our workplace. I get that has changed dramatically. We spend so much time in and around our occupational calling to separate entirely from our fitness routine, I think limits the benefit we can get from that fitness routine. And my hope is that more oftentimes than not, we're able to weave the two together for optimal results and quite frankly, the most satisfaction that we can get both from our fitness routine as well as from our work and other things that we pursue in the workplace. But Tony, you are in the midst of that environment far more than I could ever be given the number of persons you serve and the size of the workplace that you have. You have also studied productivity and quite frankly, the return on investment of wellness and as it relates to those who are, let's just call them maybe what they are, employees in a specific system. What is it that Mm -hmm. you found or what is it that you would share with us about wellness in the workplace, whether it's in general or maybe more now that we have some latitude with where we work or how we work? And would you confirm or reject that workplace or working and fitness or fitness pursuits should be married together. Man, that is a great, great question. Um, so let me start off by saying that I am firmly in the affirmative that workplace wellness is absolutely necessary. And I, w- I would even go as far as to say it is critical to the retention, to the development, to the overall health and well-being of employees, regardless of what industry they are a part of. So let me start off by saying that I am firmly a believer that workplace wellness works and that it is important and it is vital and necessary. So with that being said, let me kind of unpack that a little bit. So with the workplace wellness, um, the way that that kind of works is the employers typically will have an office, will have some type of vendor, will have some type of platform that the employees can engage in to better develop and better um, kind of chronicle their own health and well-being. Um, I'll, since I work at Georgia State, I will use Georgia State as the prime example. So at Georgia State, um, we are a, a part of the university system of Georgia. With the university system of Georgia, there are, I believe, 26 other institutions within the state. So that would include, you know, for example, Georgia Tech, University of Georgia, Georgia Highlands, Valdosta State University, Middle Georgia State, et cetera, et cetera. The University System of Georgia has partnered with uh, Virgin Pulse 
to provide all of the employees across the entire university system of Georgia, across the entire state of Georgia, with a well-being platform that they can engage in to better track and better develop their health and well-being habits, okay? So there are a number of different things you can do on this platform. You can take a health assessment um, and it takes about you know, 10 to 15 minutes to complete. They have digital coaching, which you can work with an expert on anything that you want to have coaching on, whether it is physical activity, whether it is nutrition, because that is also very important. What you eat is equally, if not more important than what you actually do, right? Um, when we look at the whole wellness of an employee, they have financial wellness on this platform as well. So you can talk to them about budgeting concepts and retirement income and different things like that, right? And the beauty of it, and this is really amazing, and I really take my hat off to uh, University System of Georgia, Georgia State for doing this, is they incentivize this program so if you engage in these certain health behaviors, then they will actually pay you to do that. So for example, the uh, health assessment that I talked about at the very beginning of uh, this particular question, um, that action is valued at $25, right? So you can do your health assessment and you can get $25 well-being credit. You can do, um, you can get a flu shot. And that will count as, I believe it's $15 towards your well-being credit. The way that it works is um, you have an earning period from January 1 up to September 30. And you can earn these well-being credits during that earning period. And it will actually show up in your paycheck in the last paycheck you get in November. And mind you, now, this is specific to the university system of Georgia. If we have any listeners that are, you know, not a part of the university system of Georgia, you may be out of state, you may be uh, private, your well-being system will probably function a little bit different. So I just want to preface that um, by saying this is unique to the university system of Georgia. Um, you will receive this amount on your paycheck in November. You can earn up to $100, but you cannot exceed that, right? So I wanna be very clear about that. You can do all these activities, but they will cap you at $100. Um, and now mind you, so we talk about you know the whole wellness of the employee. If you have a spouse that is also covered on your health insurance through the University System of Georgia, they are also eligible for their $100 as well. So essentially a couple that is, uh, you know, on, uh, so say for example, like me, for example, once my fiance and I, once we actually get married, if she comes onto my insurance, then we will both be eligible for this $100. So I would she will get it as well. So once again, they're trying to take care of the entire family and trying to make sure that the family is healthy and happy, right? So the reason why this is important, and this leans more into kind of the public health side of it, because this is more so going into the chronic disease prevention aspect of it. When you look at the health claims data, and what um, people go to urgent care for, what people go to the emergency room for, et cetera, et cetera. 
a lot of those um, claims costs are related to preventable causes. So if we look at, um, we'll say diabetes, just as an arbitrary example, you may have somebody that is diagnosed with diabetes. They have to get a prescription medication. They have to go to different, you know, things to help uh, combat diabetes. Well, if you tackle it from the front end, so if your employer puts a diabetes prevention program in place to help keep people out of diabetes and out of type two diabetes, then you are saving money on the back end with the healthcare costs. So to put that in perspective, we'll take an employer, they may have a hundred employees. It may cost them, I'll just use this number arbitrarily. It may cost them $10,000 to implement a diabetes prevention program in upfront costs. But then if they wouldn't have, then they could have spent $100,000 on actually curing and actually, uh, I guess, managing diabetes had it not been prevented. So if you spend the money upfront, you save the money on the back end, right? So in actuality, the employer is actually saving money by getting ahead of the wellness piece with their employers. And in addition to that, it, you know, there is literature all over the place that says a healthy employee is a happy employee and that you will get you know, more productive employees, you'll get happier employees, and you'll retain them a lot better than if you did not care about their health and well-being. Well, and let's take that expression, care about their health and well-being, because I hope that those who are out there who have people who report to them or work alongside them, they would say, I do, I genuinely do care about their health and well-being. Tony, one of the things, and now D2, I'm actually hearkening back in my mind some of the conversation we had with our friend Suzanne and when her and Kayla were in as part of that episode 34, that it was easy for us immediately to think, wow, the resources those big organizations have might even intimidate those of us in small organizations. We hear how the University System of Georgia does it, Tony. And once again, I'm like, man, if you're not maybe at least a little bit envious, something might be wrong. And for those of you <laughs> who have wondered, would I ever be interested in working for a system as big as what the University of Georgia University System is? Now you maybe have some encouragement. That might make sense. But for that man or woman who's out there, who's more like me, my brother or sister, who's a small business owner or employee, isn't there an opportunity for us too to have impact? I think we'll hear, and maybe this is me now getting in my soapbox a little bit, but I think we'll hear, especially as we get closer to the fall, whether it's one candidate on one day or the other candidate on a different day, I think it's going to come from both parties that small business is the backbone of the American economy. And there's all kinds of data that suggests that that is true. What I believe and yet what I never hear is that small business could also be the backbone of America and our ability to improve our collective health and well-being. And yet I'm not sure how we go about it in a small business like Big Peach Running Company. Now, for us, I use that only somewhat facetiously because we've got access to resources and certainly we get certain benefits that encourage us to go out and stay moving. But in that other business that might be three team members or 33 or maybe only 103 team members, 
What might you say to that man or woman who has influence, has a role in HR, is the founder or the current owner? What would you say to him or her to get them to take this seriously and maybe to take the first steps in their own employee wellness program? Right. So that is that's great. Um, I think small businesses definitely have a role to play and definitely have the resources to uh, engage in employee well-being. The where I would probably start with is honestly having a, a dialogue with your staff about what does health and wellness, what does health and well-being mean to your staff? So you can have that open, honest conversation. You can have that open, honest dialogue to see kind of where their interest lies. So it could be a situation, um, and I'll use, you know, Big Peach, for example. It could be a situation where a lot of us are, you know, could be considered physically fit, physically active. So the the physical activity wellness piece may not necessarily be the, um, the, the, the best route to go or what you want to focus on. You may find that we may need more nutrition counseling or we may need more um, kind of nutrition guidance in that particular aspect regarding what do we want to eat or, you know, what are some good things to eat to make sure that we stay healthy, to make sure that we fuel our bodies. Um, the beauty of small businesses is that small businesses are great at relationship building and great at being good neighbors and good stewards in their community. So in the context of this particular, uh, you know, kind of conversation, I know that there are some registered dietitians that, you know, Big Peach probably has some contact with that you may be able to bring them in for a staff meeting one particular day, where instead of going for the full hour staff meeting, you may have the staff meeting for 30 minutes and you may have the registered dietitian come and talk for 30 minutes to fill that full one hour. So that's just one particular uh, example. Another example could be where you may have your staff just take 30 minutes at the close of the day and just maybe engage in some mindful meditation. And in fact, it doesn't even really have to be 30 minutes. It could literally be 10 or 15 minutes um, to engage in some mindful meditation, just to kind of, you know, center yourself, kind of calm back down, bring it back to earth. And, you know, you can carry on your day afterwards like that. But to answer your question, I think that the value there lies in the relationship building between small business to small business to really leverage and utilizes, utilize the resources that they have available to each other. That's awesome. And I won't put Tony on the spot. Certainly, you're welcome to send questions, comments, ideas to us. You can always send it to podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. Here's the reminder I'll share with everyone. Like Tony is inferring, like we heard in episode 34, start somewhere. It may be really, really small, but if you have that influence in your organization, start somewhere. I'll never forget being at a Peachtree Road Race. This was prior to Big Peach Running Company. And yes, it was pretty cool as a member of the Coca-Cola HQ team to be able to run the AJC Peachtree Road Race, to be able to finish and then wander over to a tent that perhaps had everything 
from all the beverages you could imagine to Eggs Benedict and hang out with people who both I knew were running and people I had never met before. The campus was so big that I maybe met more people on July 4th than what I did all year long because we were finally <laughs> in this more intimate environment where everybody there had something in common. But now what inspires me is I meet someone, and I remember this very vividly from last summer, and she said, I ran this race with 11 of my teammates, and I'm kind of looking for them and keeping an eye out for them to see them finish. And I'm getting the impression as we're talking that she was one of the quicker ones on the team, maybe one of those people who had been doing the Peachtree longer than others had. And I just casually asked the question, how many people are in your organization? She said, 11. So I'm like 100% of your organization signed up for the race. And she's like, that oh, yeah, amazing. we kind of vowed to do it together. And I'm like, how oh, cool is that? I don't know. I was probably one-fourth of 1% that did it from the Coca-Cola company. And that's no shot at my friends over there. But to think about 100% of how many organizations are out there that do have 11 people or three people or however many and now could do something like that. And she told me more and they just did little things. They did a couple of walks at lunch. and But they, I do believe what you said, Tony, the relationships improved. And certainly that might not be documented officially as an employee wellness program. But if you tell me 100% of your team did some walks together at lunch and ultimately committed and finished the AJC Peachtree Road Race one year, I'm calling it employee wellness. There you go. I co-sign that 100%. <laughs> All right. Well, another thing that you can co-sign for those who ended up with the link to hear Tony and it didn't come as part of our newsletter where you got a chance to see the picture. Tony is a member of Big Peach Running Company, has been for quite some time, started with us officially in 2017, but he is also black. And that seems to be something that is worth talking about as well, Tony. So let's do just that. You and I did have a conversation last week, mm -hmm. part of our own scrutinization of our organization and what we can do, what we can do to be not just better, but hopefully much, much better. And you were super transparent. And some of the things that you said were awesome for me to hear, of course, as it relates to organizational improvement and where we can have a favorable uh, effect on not just our black team members, but all of the communities we serve. So let's just touch on this for a while. One of the questions I asked is, what is it like to be black and be part of the overall fitness community. Maybe we could talk about the pedestrian active community, but you've already said you engage in strength training. You're an expert in so many areas. Yes, you do some running, but by your own words, just so you can continue to eat what you like. But give us some context because I believe there is way too little access and certainly way too little evidence that enough is happening to ensure that it is equitable for our brothers and sisters mm -hmm. who are black, but I don't have the context you do, and I certainly do not have the experiences. So what is it like? And if you don't mind, maybe share with us any suggestions you have. So if it's not tomorrow, it's at least some tomorrows mm -hmm. from right now that it is more equitable in this lifestyle that both of us, regardless of how different we might look in pictures right next to each other, but we mm -hmm. could say it is more equitable than what it was not that long ago. Right, right. So um, one, thank you for you know bringing that up. Um, I, and I will start this off by saying, um, you know, being a black 
public health student right now is a very interesting intersection. Um, mm. We, you know, we won't touch on that too much, but what you alluded to kind of, you know, kind of gives into this a little bit. Um, being a black guest advocate at Big Peach is, is I would say it's good. Um, I think the, so the team, the teammates that I work with, we are all great. Um, we are all very inclusive. We are all able to have very open and honest dialogue with each other. Um, you know, I feel like a, a, a member of the team, a member of the family, you know, for all intents and purposes. Um, and I'll share with, you know, with the crowd, with, I, you know, what I shared with you the last week that we spoke on the phone. Um, there are times where I do wish that there were more uh, black guest advocates, not only at the store where I work at, but also, you know, just across Big Peach in general. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, to answer your question about what Big Peach can do to, to help be more equitable, you know, I'll say exactly what I told you um, last week when we talked on the phone was having more people of color in the stores not only you know whether they're black but you know whether they are brown whether they're asian you know what other you know whatever demographic other than white for the most part um having more representation in the stores i think would go a long way towards having more equity and being uh more inclusive and this is once again i want to be very clear about this this is not to say that Big Peach is not inclusive. Big Peach is very inclusive. One of the more inclusive places, you know, that I have seen in Atlanta here particularly. Um, but in terms of the staff goes, um, I think having more black guest advocates on staff, having a more diverse staff would go a long way. And to that end, I would also say I think that would be more inviting to guests of other demographics that come into our stores. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I shared this with you on the call that we had last week, but there have been times where we have had, um, you know, black guests come into our store. Um, they'll see me on the weekend and they'll kind of like automatically gravitate to me just because, um, you know, I look like them I look like a familiar face. Um, so I think having that more diverse staff will certainly, uh, you know, go a long way. Well, I would agree with, with that. And one of the things, Tony, in fact, you and I haven't spoken since now we fired up the mics and now we're talking again, but your idea last week, and this is a, a full admission I'm willing to make on air, but Tony made a comment and we went back and looked and his comment was about, well, where are we recruiting? because there's no doubt that the university system of Georgia is a great resource for us. Our Decatur store is near Emory. Our Midtown store is practically across the street from Georgia Tech. We're very close to Kennesaw State. Georgia State, of course, with multiple campuses, is one of those great suppliers of talent to Big Peach Running Company. And his question was, what about in those historically black colleges and universities that are in Atlanta? And all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know. I was ashamed. And yet I had to be honest that I didn't know 
how many students or alumni from those particular universities that I'm very familiar with in name. And sure enough, we talked to our HR expert internally, and there is a program, Handshake. Tony, you may be familiar with it. I was mm-hmm. not overly am, familiar actually. with it. But my goodness, this is how unintended mistakes happen. We're on Handshake. And not every campus, including the historically black colleges and universities are. There's one major exception, in fact, and maybe for good reason. But when we had checked the boxes, we had checked Georgia Tech, we had checked Emory, we had checked all these great universities. We had not checked those. And shame on us. It wasn't intentional. It wasn't like we were out trying to do something that was prejudicial or short-sighted. But it didn't change the fact that that's exactly what we had done. We have corrected that already, and I cannot wait. In fact, here's our public recruitment message. If you are part of really any university in the state of Georgia, we would love to talk to you, but especially the HCBU, historic HBCU, we would love to hear from you because we need more of those experiences in our organization and as examples to our existing guest advocates and our team. So Tony, already you've given us something to keep an eye on and we've already taken some action. Let me ask you this, because you already mentioned that Mm -hmm. being on the floor, you know, occasionally you'll see someone who comes in and they maybe are going to come directly towards you. But outside of being on the floor, just interacting with the rest of the team and then carrying that over, you are getting your PhD in public health. You have been on a military base that many in the state of Georgia have heard of in terms of Fort Benning. You certainly are now part of a first class university system with what goes on in the state of Georgia. Where do you believe across the board, whether it's a private enterprise like Big Peach Running Company, the U.S. military, a university system, or a program like public health that you're very much in the midst of, across the board, what would be a tip or a reminder that you might give us that we need to take to heart because it can make a difference? Ah, great question. Because I doubt we're alone at Big Peach when all of a sudden you make a comment like what you did to us, that we could immediately take mm-hmm. action. But I also bet that if the U.S. military was asking you this question or Georgia State was asking you this question, we would benefit from having ears on the wall. Gotcha. So before I actually answer that question, um, one, I do want to give a major kudos to you and the leadership at Big Peach Um, It is no small feat to recognize that there lies a problem with the organization and to, one, seek out advice and seek out, you know, beneficial opinion, but then also take a corrective action to help mitigate that and then own up to it. So, one, I want to give you and the leadership at Big Peach a huge kudos for that. I know, um, you know, there may be some leadership somewhere across the country that, you know, they may be too scared to make a change. They may not know what to do. But the fact that you all identified what was going on, identified what you could do to correct it, goes a long way towards the type of leadership that is here at Big Peach. And, you know, just one reason why I'm certainly glad to be a part of the Big Peach family um, as a whole. Um, to, to answer your direct question, though, 
one thing that um, I would say to anybody who would listen about kind of uh, what you asked about is nobody is better than anybody else based on how they look. Um, and, and, and I'll give a prime example of this, right? If you have, if you are an HR manager and you have two resumes in front of you and they read identical, but one resume reads a name that is very easy for you to pronounce. The other resume reads a name that you kind of struggle with and you have probably never seen that name before does not mean that that person is any lesser than the person whose name you can easily pronounce. I Go based off of what is presented in front of you. Try not to have any implicit bias. If you do recognize it, correct it bring in other people to hold you accountable and do the right thing. I love that reminder. And I also love that you already use that term implicit bias, because I think that it is far more prevalent than what we know, maybe even in our own lives or perhaps in our own daily existence. And just to acknowledge that it is a real thing and we have to be on guard for it is a mm -hmm. terrific reminder and one of the best ways that we can push back against it and perhaps defend ourselves from engaging in it. So, Tony, I'm going to take us here and maybe as a, a way to, to bring us down the home stretch, but maybe others aren't as aware of this as someone who's got the experience that you do, the expertise that you do, and then obviously just the firsthand knowledge that you do as being a black man in and around Atlanta and certainly around a fitness, wellness, and healthful-minded existence. And that is that many of those items that you either study or work on every day with those who you serve, you already mentioned diabetes. We could talk about obesity. The truth is the same for stroke and heart disease. Hell, even the same is true for coronavirus, that this <laughs> is having a an impact on our black brothers and sisters that is even greater than just the general segment that you might otherwise pull out of America. And mm -hmm. yet, mm -hmm. I believe the access to the resources that surround you that are part of what you put in front of others and obviously what Big Peach Running Company promotes and embraces and aspires and yes, ultimately retails seems to mm -hmm. be less for the black community by and large. How do we change that? Because I just have this intuition that if we can change that, some of those statistics that are true for black Americans around diabetes, obesity, coronavirus, heart disease, so on and so forth, would also change. Any ways that you would say, even if it's just your personal opinion, we can make steps collectively to change that. Right, right. So um, it's funny you mentioned that. So in one of my classes last semester, um, we actually talked about different ways that we can address, or I talked about this rather, because this is kind of where my interest lies, about how we can engage communities more in healthier behaviors that combat some of those chronic diseases that you just mentioned. 
Um, one thing that just kind of jumps to mind is Complete Streets. So if you are not familiar with what the Complete Streets initiative is, what it is, it is an initiative that the goal is to have walkable sidewalks. It is a goal to have bike lanes. It is a goal to have proper street lighting in all areas, all communities, <clears throat> excuse me, regardless of geographical location, regardless of, you know, wherever you might live, right? So to put this in context, if you look at the data, a lot of, um, you know, African-American communities where some of these chronic diseases lie, they are in communities where they may not have walkable sidewalks, where there may not be adequate street lighting so people can, you know, take evening walks. It may not be an area where they can ride their bike in a safe area and not literally be in the middle of traffic. So one way I think is the Complete Streets Initiative in all areas where people can engage in some of these healthier behaviors that way, you know, if you say, you know, just use this as an example, walking 30 minutes a day for five days a week will accumulate, um, what is that, three times five, 150 minutes of physical activity per week. Ironically, that is the same recommendation as the American College of Sports Medicine. So if you give somebody the opportunity to engage in healthier activities, then you will start to see over time some of these chronic conditions and the prevalence rates start to lower a little bit and get closer towards the uh, the general average when you look at you know populations as a whole and don't necessarily pull out demographic communities. Man, that is that is so tight. That is awesome. In fact, Tony, once again, you've tuned me into something I was not overly aware of, although I have to admit I had heard the term complete streets before, had not done any research. Again, shame on me, much for me to learn each time we have this episode. It's not only asking questions, it's learning as I go. We will ensure that this is in our show notes. The regional workbook for complete streets is 42 pages of information that outlines what Tony is talking about. And Tony, you may not know this, when we had the good fortune of talking to some black business owners, entrepreneurs, and influencers in the fitness community a number of episodes ago, in fact, I believe it was in June, one of the things I mentioned near our place in Southwest Atlanta, how difficult it is not even thinking about your 30-minute guideline. And by the way, I'm ready to give you a PhD in mathematics as well <laughs> for the fact that you did that arithmetic so quickly and on the fly and correctly. But nonetheless, <laughs> imagine how many places you cannot go for a 30-minute walk, jog, or run and do it entirely safely. And we're not talking about the boogeyman jumping out of the woods. We're talking about sidewalks that even exist, let alone are well-paved or where mm -hmm. traffic and pedestrians don't get all tangled up or where the lighting is available so that you can do it, whether it's November after the time change or in the middle of summer or whether you can get up early or have to do it in the middle part of the afternoon. And that Complete Streets Initiative is an awesome reminder. Here's my personal encouragement for people to visit 
our show notes. Check this workbook out and do your own research because I, I agree with you, Tony. If this is successful, this is the type of thing that down the road will be like, wow, this is why just maybe those obesity rates in our black brothers and sisters isn't as high as it was three years ago right. or a generation right. ago. Mm-hmm. Man, Tony, I'm going to let you have the last word. And you said, well, we could save that for another conversation. Let's plan on that. There is so much more we could talk about. It won't be long and you'll have that PhD title and we'll say, Dr. Price coming back to the Run ATL podcast. (laughs) But for the time being, knowing you are a man on the move, you are incredibly busy along with all that you're doing at Georgia State, us having the good fortune of having you as part of our team at Big Peach Running Company. You mentioned you are engaged. I know your wedding plans got curtailed a little bit based on the way 2020 has unfurled itself. But when I say I'm going to give you the last word, I'm going to ask you to encourage me. And I think that will carry over because you did that last week when we spoke. You're doing that right now in this conversation. But when you think about all of the opportunities that are around and certainly those that I have the good fortune maybe to kind of look at or get involved with. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I think it's so darn overwhelming. Is it wellness in the workplace? Is it improving the culture for our black team members? Is it one of those things where we can push back on obesity or get a better return for working more at home? It's just so overwhelming. Give me a word of encouragement that overwhelmed isn't the way that I should feel or any of us should, but instead, knowing what you know, there's something that we can tune into that we can be mindful of and ultimately we and those around us can be better for. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, one, let me start this off by saying thank you again for the invitation to be on the podcast. This is, I was actually looking forward to this all week. Um, I had it on my calendar. So, <laughs> so thank you. So I was, I was definitely looking forward to that. Um, So before I give you the one word that I think will help encourage, uplift anybody that listens, um, but you in particular, I will set the stage by saying two two different things. Um, The first thing that I will say is that um, no idea is a bad idea. The only idea that's a bad idea is the bad idea is the idea that isn't done yet. Right. Mm. So if you have an idea that you think might help um, or that you think might benefit, you know, talk it over with your leadership. And, you know, this is for you, but this is also for anybody that might be listening. Um, You know, talk it over with leadership. See, you know, what what does this look like? Flesh it out, different things like that. And that leans more into the idea of, you know, benefiting the pedestrian active lifestyle, the thing that Big Peach, you know, we plant our flag on that and we are steadfast in that. So that is the one thing. The second thing that I would say in regard to, um, you know, the state of our black guest advocates at Big Peach and, you know, across the nation, um, I don't want anybody to think that once you reach a certain level, and I'll just use this as an example, um, say if you have a target of 
30% of your employee population should be uh, African-American or should be some demographic. Um, I don't want you to think that once you reach that particular benchmark that the work is over. Um, there is continuous work that needs to be done and it is it is a marathon. It will continue. It will continue um, because, you know, we, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot to catch up on. So with those two things being said, the one word that I would leave off with is the word family. And the reason why I say that is, one, I truly believe that Big Peach is a genuine family. I do think that everybody within the organization truly cares about one another, truly cares about the guests that come into our stores, truly cares about the community and really treats everybody as family. But then on the flip side to that as well, outside of the context of Big Peach, we, as in me, you, D2, everybody who may be listening, we are all family to each other. If you wouldn't treat your family a specific way, don't treat you know your family a specific way. Treat everybody like family because we are family. And that way, you know, we're going to make progress and we're going to keep this thing moving forward. Man, you are incredibly kind, Tony. And you are a gift not only to me and to Big Peach Running Company, but to so many others, including those who are getting exposure to you perhaps for the first time, but not the last. Thanks again for joining us. You just mentioned that moving forward term and i pulled this quote not knowing but knowing <laughs> that you said ideas and i'm going to put your suggestion to remind everyone of ideas and then what you just said in terms of moving forward and the quote is daring ideas are like chessmen moved forward they may be beaten but they may also start a winning game so indeed ideas matter but they only matter if we move them forward. Tony, you have given me another couple in just the last 45 minutes to move forward. And thanks again for doing that for me and for so many others. Absolutely. Thank you for having me and glad to be a part of the family here at Big Peach. <laughs> That's awesome. D2, as you know, we'll be right back after this brief message. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL Podcast D2. I am so thankful for Tony Price. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he he gave a lot of great information. Um, you know, once again, I mean, I I love his voice. I <laughs> I kid you not that when this podcast started, I wanted my voice to sound lower and deeper, like true radio. And I experimented with whatever software I had without spending a lot of money, just whatever free software. It's like, oh, let me tweak this here. Let me try the EQ. Let me try this compressor, this limiter. Let's, what's this do? And I could not get my voice to sound really low and deep. And um, so, yeah, if if I had the capability, if I had the resources, I would do that to my voice. I would sound like Tony. And I'd like, yes, the real radio voice. You know, I'd sound like, I don't know, um, 
James Earl Jones, you know, sure. Tony Price, you know, uh, you know, those, you know. Well, he brought more than just a great voice. He brought unbelievable content. And speaking of unbelievable, as we have watched this year play out, it has been very interesting, maybe even fascinating, the way different events and the ways of trying to keep people encouraged and inspired to be part of a pedestrian active lifestyle has kind of unfolded. And most recently, you've connected us with another event that has serious innovation behind it and I think is really cool because it's doing great work of keeping people out there and going for it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of those things that when when challenges arise, you know, I think in, in businesses and individuals need to get creative and that's where we start seeing innovation. That's where we start seeing something different, unique, and people adapt. And I think that's what, what we need right now because of mm. the situation with the pandemic and it's like races are canceled and it's like, oh, another virtual race. I don't, you know, I don't want to run by myself. We got to change it up a little bit. So now you've got, you know, challenges and now we've got these kind of sort of, kind of the virtual real races, you know, where you're actually running on a specific course, but you're doing it on your own and it's being timed and through an app. So right now we've partnered up with the, uh, you know, with runner who, uh, you know, RNNR is, you know, they've provided hats, um, you know, we, you know, sell their hats, they're doing other things and they're expanding their business. And, you know, they're now, uh, and they're based here in Atlanta, which is great because they're a local um, company. Um, I think they're in Grant Park. And they've done a lot of different things um, over the last couple of years. Um, smaller little events, community type events that are just fun, um, not very competitive, just everyone's out welcome, like beer miles and, you know, you know, beer runs. And they partner with another group called the Atlanta Snack Club. So just really kind of having fun. And they've come up with what they call the Atlanta Grand Prix. And what it is is a series of six races that starts on September 7th and goes through November 30th. The courses are, I guess they're laid out, but they're not published yet. They will be released every two weeks. And you can go out and run the course as many times as you want until that course closes for those, you know, during that two week time period so that you can compete for prizes and raffles and, and other things. And I guess, you know, placement, you know, so if like you run it the first time, like, oh, I think I could do better because what's interesting about this is it's not going to be on a typical course. They're going to make it kind of creative and they're going to take you off road a little bit on maybe some gravel. So I'm, th I'm probably thinking maybe part of the belt line that's not finished. But they also list on their website that it could be through some alleys and some, you know, so there'll be some areas there where it's not going to be a definite, you know, kind of path that, that you would think of for a normal race. So you have to use the app to kind of figure out the course and the app will give you turn by turn directions. But I'm also told that you can use a, a phone using, I guess, augmented reality and it'll show you the, you know, you place the phone up on the course and it'll show you turn by turn where you're supposed to go. So almost like a GPS or heads up type of display. So it's really hard to run fast when you're doing that. But that means you may have to go out and run it multiple times until you become familiar with the course to get that best time. So I think that's kind of unique. It's unique in that it is a series where it's six races and it, they're releasing and announcing it every two weeks. So I think that's kind of cool. It's something different. Um, so they've got, you know, 
Hoka One One is one of the sponsors, so they're giving away free shoes. I'm not sure exactly how um, they're doing it, whether it's a raffle or the winner of the race, but there'll be you know shoes that'll be given away. We have contributed gift cards as well as part of the raffles and and and, and giveaways. Uh, Even Tide Brewery is part of it. Ufo Sandals is also part of it. We've got a little promotion going on with them, so when you sign up, you can actually save on a pair of ufo sandals which are you know if you've never had ufo sandals they're very comfortable um they're perfect for those long runs or just after any run where you just want something to be kind of really soft and comfortable so and when you think about it the race is 45 dollars at least through september 5th and you get to run six races that's a pretty good deal when you think about you know the amount of races that you can do you know you're doing six races 45 bucks i haven't done the math but it's it's less than ten dollars per course right Nice, your math, as good as Tony Price's on the fly. The other thing, when you just said, when challenges arise, you did a great job of sounding like Tony. Challenges arise. I'm, I'm doing my best. Right on. That will be the term for us when challenges arise. In the future, we'll continue to bring you the best voices out there. In the meantime, sounds like we need to track down our friends from Runner, get them on here to tell us about all the cool things they are doing. Certainly, we'll continue to break great content to you all the time we now must say farewell for now but in just two weeks we'll be back in the meantime we certainly hope that this season of the unexpected is treating you as well as possible you're getting your miles in and you and yours are safe as we always say as we certainly mean until we meet again may your best miles be those Cover it up.